0: You're listening to WNHHLP, 103.5 FM New Haven, streaming live at www.newhavenindependent.org and broadcasting live from our offices on Elm Street. This is another episode of Artbeat with Dan Fitzmorris.
1: Good afternoon and welcome to Artbeat. This is Daniel Fitzmorris from Creative Arts Workshop and... Today, it's a very special repeat visit, to some extent, um, with the New Haven Museum. We we talked a lot last week about some aspects of what's going on at the museum and some of their upcoming exhibits, but I'm really, really excited to welcome Susan Clenard here because she is the curator of their current, very popular, influential, interesting exhibit, which actually a whole team of teens from Creative Arts Workshop is currently visiting as we speak, um, which is called Stories from Far and Near. And welcome to the show. Thank you. So um, the exhibit has been up for a couple of weeks now. And I should say, before we get too far, it does close on September 10th. That's right. Yes. And I noticed also that the museum is actually free on Sunday. It's the first Sunday of the month. So it's free from one to four which is a pretty neat opportunity to explore not just stories from far and near, but a whole lot of things that's going on at the museum. And you actually also have an artist panel coming up on Thursday, September 8th from 530 to 7. Yes. All right. So mark your calendar. And Susan, <laughs> can you introduce yourself and who you are, what sure. you do?
0: Um, I am uh, Susan Clonard. I'm a sculptor and I have... Uh, Let's see, I've been in New Haven now for 10 years, moved here from Chicago and uh, took me a couple years to find my deep love for this city. But I'm I'm greatly invested now. And this exhibition um, kind of makes everything feel like it's come full circle from my time here. I'm a professional sculptor. And I'm the artist in resident at the Eli Whitney Museum. So I'm my studio's in that big, beautiful 200-year-old barn just as you enter Hamden off of Whitney Avenue. And I make a lot of mess because <laughs> I'm working all the time. But that's
1: what the Eli Whitney is all That's, that's what it's all right. about. It's about all... making a lot of mess. That's You're probably right. in good company. <laughs> Indeed. That's awesome. So what? Um, what's your, your artist background then as a professional sculptor? So does that mean you've... You have a a a degree well, uh, in professional that's a funny, sculpting. Yeah,
0: I, it's funny to actually throw out that term, but I, it it means essentially that this is what I've been eking out a living doing full time for about fifteen years now. So bravo. it's yeah, bravo because it's not easy <laughs> as you can well imagine. So uh, and I feel unbelievably grateful because, uh, as anyone knows, selling your work. Uh, finding commissions and, and just finding that balance is, is a tricky one, but, uh, I happen to be really prolific and I have a lot of stuff, lots and lots of stuff to talk about in my work. And so, um, between, well, in general, I mean, not that far removed from the essence of the, uh, the exhibition itself, which, um, you know, celebrates community, celebrates the power of art in the truest sense of the matter like you know I I think of it in terms of the importance of visually you know either visual arts um, um, performing arts or literary arts like letting it seep into your world and letting it letting yourself digest it um in a in a profound way can be as powerful as going to the doctor i mean it's another way that we mm. understand ourselves and understand the world and the community we live in so um and i'm not trying to be melodramatic and really arty farty <laughs> but i swear it's it's the honest to god truth you, i see it day in and day out
1: if anyone has read anything about the exhibit um you'll find these juicy quotes from Susan throughout the article. And it's not, it's not melodramatic at all. It's just passionate and it it's, is. and it's, yeah. and it's meaningful. Yeah. And I don't, it's, uh, and it's hard to do that and hard to make good sound bites. You make them just well, for the thanks. record. Right. The, um, so what is your medium then in sculpture? Cause you could do a lot with sculpture. We're sitting next to a slightly, <laughs> um, a slight version of a sculpture here in the studio, yeah. but your work is probably quite different.
0: Well, it started off very, very figurative and, you know, primarily clay and bronze. And I got just really bored of that pretty quickly. And so, uh, I work with a lot of mixed media and a ton of wood now, a lot of found objects, but I'm definitely a contemporary figurative artist without a doubt. Um, and there's a, there's a slight thread of just storytelling throughout the work as a theme. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh. Yeah, I I get terribly bored if I'm working in you know one thing too long. I gotta keep exploring, keep it keep mm-hmm. it real, keep it exciting.
1: Cause, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's easy to fall into ruts. Sure, from, from uh, ruts. in any vocation. really. Yeah. yeah. And then, so did you? Are, were you on this path for all this time? You said you you've been here for ten years. You've been a you know professional artist for fifteen. Is that was that a shift or is that something that you knew about? Were you mm-hmm. a an art kid?
0: I was an art kid, but no one ever really patted me on the back for it. So, it, j- just in my heart, I was an art kid. I was never like, "Oh, you will be an artist someday."
1: <laughs> However, that's reassuring to yeah. a lot of people. I well, think. it is
0: because you know, part of it is just finding that honest thing that you react to, you know, that and it fills you up, you know, and hold on to it because it's your gut and your heart is telling you, Hey, this is the thing that you get and this is the thing you understand. So Mm -hmm. invest in it. But, uh, in Chicago, I was eking out a living there as an artist. I taught a lot. So, um, I would go in the public schools in Chicago and teach art and, um, and I taught adult classes at the school, of the art Institute of Chicago. I taught there. And so teaching is a, a good way to kind of start, You know, chipping away at the bills when you're an artist. And then you then in the evening I just produced as much work as I could. Prior to that I was a social worker with G C F S.
1: Oh wow. So that's that's an important thread. That's very interesting. I mean it's
0: always been this balance, this very honest balance of I, I, I truly love people. They irritate the heck out of me, but I love them at the same time. How's that for a quote? But, um, and Everyone my would work give you is, a
1: thumbs up for that. That's, that's, that's real well, life. Well, I'm not
0: like a, you know, this calm, sweet Buddhist, like my friend will, friends will tell you like Susan is hilarious and loud, but at the same time, like very, my work is very serious and it talks about very serious social things Mm -hmm. so i find there this is a very real balance that we all have to deal with Mm -hmm. so so yeah people and art that's my thing
1: (laughs) well you've definitely done both of those (laughs) things and seemingly merged those did you did you hit sculpture right away as your art place or were you a a dabbling painter an off chance ceramicist or is there something in sculpture that catches you more than other things
0: i was just very lucky to take on on a whim a sculpture class when I was 19 and it kind of just fit in my schedule how's that for random
1: no that's real that's also real life that's not buddhist stuff that's just where I can do it
0: yeah and and I'll never forget you know it it was a genuine genuine sensory connection on many levels when I started working with clay and I was like this I get this and almost immediately the professor made me kind of his apprentice for like two years. And then I left and transferred and did more social work stuff. So yeah, I don't, I love painting and I love other mediums. I just don't, I have no understanding of it. Uh, color to me is a mind blowing thing. Don't get it, but I appreciate it greatly.
1: But, it, me but you followed that, you followed <laughs> that, that yeah. pathway all the way through.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, yeah. um, are you from this area originally or are you from Chicago no. originally? You from nowhere? No, originally? Well, it kind of,
0: I, it kind of seems that way. Cause there's six kids in my family and I'm the middle child and we moved every two years when I was a kid. Vagabond. So yeah, well my just, you know, my dad was an engineer, so we moved wherever he got a better job. And in essence, I think about like, Hmm. What, what are the core things that kind of cultivate one's awareness as a, as an artist of um, knowing one's environment and reacting to it. And that has a lot to do. I felt with the, the many times I moved, I was a, a minority once in a school system in North mm-hmm. Carolina. Mm-hmm. I lived in Canada. I lived at several places in the Midwest. And what does it feel like to be the one on the outside? What does it feel like to be the different one how many times did I have to relay rely on my observance of my environment and of the people around me, and well, you're so,
1: assimilating all the time yeah,
0: and I think that as visual artists and I'm sure this is true for almost all art forms, but we're we're doing that all the time, and it sometimes makes you feel nutty, right <laughs> I mean because you feel like, oh, just turn it off yeah, and absolutely. then other times you're like, well, this is the sensitivity which allows you to do the work mm-hmm. you do
1: mm-hmm. so. So, New Haven's the longest home yeah, you've true. really had. Well, actually, Chicago was long. Okay.
0: 15 years. And oh, then... we're catching up. Catching up. We're catching up. Yep.
1: Well, I have read a bunch of different things about the exhibit. Um, and I did just send a troop of teens to <laughs> the <that's laughs> Creative Arts Workshop to go. And that's I will great. take my chance to go before September 10th. Okay. But um, one of the things that I just think we'd go to the beginning because sure. it seems like there's an interesting story to how you sculptor um came to curate your first exhibit it's not a it's not a a small exhibit of any of any kind it's not a a, an an unambitious project so how did what was the first notable germ of thinking i'm going to curate an exhibit about this and it's going to be at the new haven museum
0: well, I think the the germ started back when I first moved here because I reached out to Iris, which is the Integrated Refugee and Resettlement Agency here in New Haven because I heard the director Chris George speak on NPR and I had already been making quite a bit of work that dealt with themes of refugees and you know what was what would it be like to be just essentially ripped from your home and have to restart all over mm-hmm. again. And so I started. You came a, sort of
1: presupposed to yeah, this topic, which yeah, is really interesting. Yeah,
0: and and when I heard him speak, I said, "Oh my, I need to meet this guy." And and I reached out to him, and I said, "Look, I have no money, but what I do have is art, my art." And I I got a small Puffin Grant, Puffin Foundation Grant, and I paid um, refugees who are willing to pose, um, to sit in the, the, the common space at Iris. And I sculpted like these beautiful little portraits of them. Mm, and they wow. were from all over the world and people, I mean, every, every country and everyone's watching it go down. And then I donated them to Iris and they could either, Give them as gifts to their board members or they could sell them whatever way it can help. And and it's just another way of sharing a story, mm-hmm. like m- making the face something other than what you see on, you know, a refugee, you know, t- you know who's going through a tormented... You know, these mm-hmm. are just beautiful people that have a story and they're as, nor- they're as just like you and I. And yeah. so there was something kind of a common thing that I tried to capture there.
1: Yeah, were you doing... Your work is inspired by a lot of different social issues. yeah, but were you specifically working with refugees in Chicago or you you met Chris and the whole kind of inspiration kinda, yeah, happened? That's
0: what it was wow. that bit pretty much coming to New Haven because ironically not a lot of big cities have resettlement agencies because it's as you can imagine it's tough. you know a lot of allowed a lot of immigrants or will, will find their way to the city or will come into the city to work but not not often to live and you can imagine how um what a massive smack of american reality it is to, to yeah. land in new york city or chicago yeah. well, and try to assimilate new Haven
1: is a is a unique is unique in yeah, that respect then
0: i think so wow so so yeah it was a little serendipity right there and then so and i had organized art exhibits through iris for world refugee day for for a number of years, and that's in June. Um, both performing artists, visual artists, some filmmakers, um, and but it was so much work, because it was literally, you have to put it up in a day and take it down in a day, and it was just this like disgusting amount of work. Yeah, there's a the
1: difference <laughs> between that and what I think we would call curation.
0: Correct, correct. It's like, how much can you hustle, how fast? <laughs> and so I won the the Arts Council Award, one of the winners this past December. Um, Congrats. Thank you. And and in my acceptance speech, I, I mentioned the number of different wonderful things and people and organizations I've worked with in New Haven. And one, and I had mentioned Iris. And in the audience was Margaret Ann, who's the director of the New Haven Museum. And it was at that time, just after the speech, she called me up and she said, I heard you say stories and refugees the museum's about stories and it's about, it's about a reflection of who lives in our community and our history. And this is a part of our new history are these individuals. And I thought, amen, you know, and she's like, are you up for it? Do you, what would you, what do you think about putting this show? And I'm all about being naive. Um, I just dive into it like a insane lady and then you don't feel it until after it's mm-hmm, done. Mm-hmm. But I'm, yeah, it was a ton of work, but it was totally awesome and we're so many And were you familiar levels.
1: with the museum before mm-hmm. Margaret Ann called? Okay. Yeah,
0: I was a part of the the um, exhibition where that huge um, oak tree fell over on oh, the okay. green. Oh, okay, yeah, we talked about that last yeah. week
1: or two weeks ago, yeah. yeah.
0: And so I did a big, huge piece of Lincoln for that. Which, which they is still there. Which they bought, and it's permanent collection now, which is a great honor, so...
1: That's really interesting well i we talked a little bit about this two weeks ago but I'd be curious because what I understand about this exhibit is it really amplified the art side of the museum you know it right. has sort of a mixed that's right n- mixed messages mixed missions and i think you've really brought or this exhibit's brought a big art standpoint they mentioned that there have been more artists coming to yes. see the exhibit yeah. um than maybe tradition you know historians coming to see their other exhibits. So right. how did you approach that? I mean you kinda of, you had an arts angle to your relationship already, but you're kind of gonna take it and I think you really elevated it to a more artistic expression.
0: Well again here comes being naive you just I, I had already known <laughs> You so, didn't know. <laughs> I didn't really know. Well clearly there is a threat there's another thread or angle in making art to me. That's like amazingly, if you will, like therapeutic and, uh, cathartic and the refugees that I had worked with who came here as artists. Um, like I saw that element already in their Mm -hmm. work and I thought, my God, of course. And you
1: knew many of them. I knew most of them except for
0: two. And so I thought, of course this makes sense. And this is not far fetching or this is not a, a difficult, all to yeah. make the probably the trickiest two things was number 1 it's not like when you curate a normal art show and say hey I want this piece and this piece can you have it delivered by this date it was hey I love your work where is it <laughs> and then <laughs> yes. and then it involved with Maher Shakir who's from Iraq beautiful photographer it was he said it's in this little drive right here, or you know, there was. There's no money to print the images. There's no frames. Well, they're there's not no... active.
1: They might. You mentioned it's in some of it at least, and well, we should talk specifically about some of the stories because I know that the exhibit isn't just of art; it's That's really right. of the story behind right. the art and the experience of coming to this country as a right. refugee. But. You know, they have day jobs right? and they um, they're not they don't have their prints ready to go. They right. don't have a studio where they're maybe right. working necessarily. Yeah. So who are some of the, I mean, what's an interesting artist that you'd want to highlight? Someone who has sort of this um, this compelling they maybe all are. I think there's this quote constantly in all of the writing that like all of your stories are equal. Like and there's a connection between yeah. all of them. Yeah. And none are better or none are more tragic. They're all living under uncertain circumstances. That's right. But what, I mean, who, what's a piece or an artist that stands out to you from the exhibit? Um, Or would you want someone to make sure they spent time at if they were going to go visit?
0: There's again, it's so hard to choose, but just to, uh, just to start the conversation, I, my, my heart in many ways, um, is deeply connected to, um, Musa. Mm -hmm. and Musa is from Mauritania and he, and where is that? Mauritania in Africa. It's, yeah, it's, um, it's next to Senegal. And so he, you know, it's a country that has, um, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to speak, um, like I'm any authority on its, on the culture or the current political situation, but it has had some pretty unattractive, uh, ways they've tra- treated blacks in the mm-hmm. country and and um it's been up into the eight 1980s they said they were one of the only countries that still used slavery um and they said they wow. they said that oh, we no longer do practice that and this is 1980 and so anyway so you can get a sense of Oof. some of the human rights
1: problems. and when did he come here so
0: he came, musa came here oh my gosh it's been nine years i think he had to leave his family behind—his no, no. two daughters at the time and his wife—and he was an architect there. And basically, God forbid, you're a black man who is who's um, articulate and um, you know going up in the prestigious ranks of citizenry, and uh, and it just if you say anything against the the country immediately they're going to squash you like a bug and that's what was happening and he was incarcerated several times and he felt um very unsafe and so he had he he took his family to senegal and then fled and and sought asylum in the US and he was first in Iowa but i think his story is so beautiful other than like ones one's amazing resilience and strength to get from point A to point B, which I can't fathom and I don't know that many of us can. And then come here to this country, reinvent yourself. He's probably one of the most loving, happy, sweet, kind-hearted people, hardworking person I've ever met. And then he starts to make art because he missed his family so much. So again, remember he was an architect. Oh, wow. He started making art and talk about the, the genuine cathartic thing. And he talks about that a lot. In his, his work, like this one so is about for, healing.
1: not that architecture is not art, right? but right, he right. wasn't exactly making trained as a making art right, in his home country. Right. But this is a reaction. Right. Um, To this entire migration. Right.
0: And then, you know, what's so true is that most vocations, whether you're a doctor, anything, and you come here from other countries and you come here, you can't, you can't apply your degree here. So, so many times you'll see refugees who were very, had very prestigious jobs who are like, I, like, driving cars in front of the uh, the hospital parking cars, you know, the parking system mm-hmm. or Uber drivers or, you know, cutting our lawns or it's, it's what it is. It, um,
1: it, it's, it's, you can't have to make ends meet until things get better. Yeah.
0: I mean, Musa has been everything he, I'll never forget the day. And I, cause I care for Musa so much. She's worked in my studio over the years. He, he showed, I ordered pizza for my kids and then moose is at the door with two pizza i'm like moose what are you doing i'm delivering your pizza <laughs> oh, you know wow. and it's just like full circle so and then he's been <laughs> oh, a prep wow. prep cook just whatever you know and he's sweet and just and he's making paintings in his basement you know grateful for every darn thing that's that he has. Well, and you know,
1: and I, what is his reaction when you called him to say, excited. let's get this exhibit oh going. I Every want to last your artist
0: work. was like just beside themselves. Excited. Because what's so beautiful about this, it's not like the World Refugee Day where we I would go into Loose Hall here at Yale, put up a show that was kind of hanging on the wall, kind of not, and then you had to take it down. This is weeks and weeks of you know, a formal museum presentation, lighting. Um, the museum staff was awesome. Like with the printing and the design of the posters, it was just, was it's the truly, it was a respectful way to show and share their stories and show their art. It was awesome. It is awesome.
1: Right. And I think, you know, out of the basement, out of the, out of the flash drive, out of the, wherever their passion has been contained and up, into you're right not just tacked on the wall but curated yeah and so how did you that's a great profile of someone that you clearly are really close with so how do you then curate their their this is huge for them yeah and did you feel that mounting pressure that feeling Were you you yeah. said you're kind of naive but i mean at any moment you were installing it and and thinking maybe this isn't this isn't going right? Is something off? No, or did I, never, everything ever,
0: click? I never ever second guessed the entire process. It felt like as honest and as like, again, I, I'm going to use the word serendipity. There was just too many awesome things colliding that it couldn't be great. And we live in a community in Connecticut that is extremely supportive. And, you know, the, the opening, um, Chris Murphy, Senator Chris, Chris Murphy showed up and Rose, Congresswoman Rosa DeLora. I mean, even our politicians. It was just awesome.
1: Well, it does seem like New Haven in Connecticut yeah. is on a different map. Yes, um, You couldn't help but not hear Governor Malloy talking about that Illinois family. But that really did yeah. put us in a in a different category. And again, right. what synergy that you're here, and, right. and you're here as part of all of that. Right. Is there another artist or another project in the exhibit that um, has some backstory that... Um, you know, might be obvious if you come, but also might be worth sort of coloring a little bit more deeply.
0: Well, I I think there's a brother and sister um, um, in in the exhibition, and in Maher Shakir is the photographer, and his sister is Rurud. I'm sure I'm butchering their names, um, Mohammed, and there. <laughs> so she's a painter, very young, beautiful woman, and the brother also young, the photographer, and going to their home meeting the mom and dad and then the other two siblings, like they're really lovely, lovely, lovely people. But hearing the reason they had to flee was because Maher worked for the U.S. government in in Iraq. And be, because of that, I think he worked in like a warehouse or something. Mm. And uh, he wasn't a translator. And I'm sure everyone's heard of some of the horrific things that happened to the translators um, in the in, in Iraq. So, yeah, he, um,
1: that's an interesting way to get here. Yeah. Here, it's sort of unexpected.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's like the very, because you worked for the U S government, the very reason you, he was targeting, he was that de- the death threats that were amazing. And, uh, and, um, it was, and then the, the finally the straw that broke the camel's back is his father was shot at. Thank God he wasn't killed. And that's it. They fled with, just what they could carry Mm -hmm. that day and in this case the um, whole family was able to the entire family so this is brother this is maher this is two brothers this is his sister the painter and so i you know the reason i bring this this brother and sister's story up is because i want they had to be so oftentimes refugees you have to apply for refugee status in another country so they they fled to jordan and in Jordan, they were in refugee camp for at least two years. But their their application application was expedited because of his work with the U.S. government. Um, but they continued to explore their art in the camp in Jordan. So half of the work that you see in the exhibition is produced in Jordan, and, and then a few were, well, one painting I think Warud actually brought from Iraq, like she just grabbed it and 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 ma here talks about and his work is so powerful like 500 images that he just mm. they're gone like that are left that he had well, to. well it sounds
1: like you asked that question of yourself right if you're if your house totally. is burning down yeah. what do you take but if your whole life if your whole community if you're fleeing that if it's all on fire what do you take what's right. worth taking right there's certainly some of your art is worth taking and what a joy that you can put that. So that's on exhibit with other work and new work that they've made. Yes. And so
0: I just saw this as a continual, this line that, and then even there was, uh, his sister Rue had created one or two pieces here. So she's, she's still reaching and connecting and trying to share her story and figure things out during these three, this three point, you know, journey for her. Um, and you know, sometimes they'll call me up and they, they have very obvious questions like, well, what happens if someone wants to buy something And you know, a lot Ugh. of mentoring starts to happen yeah, I can and imagine. I don't want to squash any hopes or anything. But at the same time, I, I'm not telling them lies. I like, this is not an easy thing. Don't. Don't quit
1: your job, you know? Absolutely. I and, was thinking about some of making, those challenges. Yeah. yeah. And and it, you you hit on one and you already answered it because to some extent, these are um, people in the shadows of our society. Right. But I'm so inspired that you're reporting and maybe it's because of you and your relationships you've already formed with them that when you invited them, they were excited. And, and, and in a sense, I mean... I don't know if everyone in the shadows would be so excited about opportunities like this. There's risks in other countries and yeah. in other places with yeah. um, putting your art on the pedestal and, and showing your true self. That's it's true. But it sounds like you didn't, that was not a challenge with this constituency or with these. I mean, you described everyone as sort of joyous and, um, you know, despite all the hardship.
0: Well, the other angle and Margaret Ann, the, the director of the New Haven Museum, her very important that she wanted to make sure that their stories had equal kind of equal weight or were presented, you know, really clearly Mm -hmm. that, that, that the viewer could read a little bit about where they're from, why they came here, where, what, maybe what are they doing now? And, and it's not to say, you know, I, I said this once before in a, a newspaper article, but it's, these aren't just, This isn't refugee art. This, These are refugees who are artists. And it's very, this is a very, this is a distinctive thing because unlike, well, Musa wasn't, I mean, he was an artist in his own right, I guess, by being an architect in his country. But this is, this is who they are. This is who they were in their mother country. And this is who they continue to be. And it's that. And I've worked in a lot of disenfranchised communities, um, both in Chicago and a little bit here in New Haven, but a lot in Chicago. And I and I think back to your reference of like kind of living those, those in our society or living in the shadows. It's like that little bit of voice that you can offer or shine light on in the creative sense is so powerful because you don't need to, you don't need to have 15 degrees and be an articulate person necessarily to you know make someone weep after seeing a dance performance or um you know reading a you know poetry slam or you know something that's really powerful and um that voice is we need to see more of it
1: we Absolutely. just well and it's it manifest manifested in, in a place that's especially comfortable and versatile and and, and a place of connection. And I, that's talked about a lot, that there's all the connection between the artists who are from all different regions, right. not just Syria, not right, just places right. we read about necessarily right. as having a refugee exodus, but also of the rest of New Haven. I mean, that's the, that's the beauty, I think, with putting it at the New Haven Museum. It could have been in any number of places, but it really brings that identity of their culture As part of our culture and their story as part of our story. Yep. Do you think that the, are the stories any harder for them to describe? Do you think there's a, uh, a disconnect between, you know, the passion of their work and, and how they might express their, um, you know, was there a challenge in developing those two sides of it? Like you wanted to do?
0: Um, it was a tricky, there was a several that I had to write their, their stories for one. So they came into my studio and I tried to very kind of casually ask questions to get them to articulate. And I got the impression that not everyone has really shared this story. Right. And so that in and of itself, I've worked with enough people who've gone through trauma and have, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder and different things to know that this is not something you give up easily. And not only that, but you um this is going to be for the public to read is this okay like how do you feel about this mm, and yeah and like hard. you had mentioned before they they most of them were like this is great i want to share my story and um but i think you're correct in mentioning that not everyone is going to be comfortable surely to do this and uh and i noticed that when i worked at iris doing those sculptures there were one day there would be a woman who would hug me and want me to take her picture so she, so I could print it up and give it to the next day. And then the next day I'd see her and give her the picture. And she just, she would just turn off, her eyes turned off everything about her. And she was in a daze, like something traumatic just clicked. Mm. And it was just really heavy stuff. Um, and anyway. Well, um, and
1: that's one of the purposes of expression in in a visual arts way or in any art way is that you don't maybe have to come to grips with your story right in a in a narrative way or in a linear way that's right um but you can get it out there but that's when you said oh the work just you know once we found it it was there but there is more to it than that and uh, so what's going to happen at this artist panel um because it seems like you'll be there um and so we'll Jake Halpern? Yes. Who's Jake Halpern?
0: So Jake Halpern is um, a dear friend of mine. He He's a journalist um, and a writer. He writes the New York Times and the New Yorker and all over, and he writes great, wonderful books. But he has an article coming out in the Times this month about um, a refugee story. And so he and I were talking, and, uh, and I thought, you know, this is the very, and he's an extremely sensitive, thoughtful human being, and I, New Haven resident, and I thought, this is exactly the kind of person that would be perfect to moderate this panel. I mean, um, I felt like if it was too academic, first of all, there's language barriers, um, that that would that might have been, I didn't want to go into that realm, because I didn't want to have them, any of the artists feel intimidated and, you know... Um,
1: studied.
0: Studied. Right, and, and and to all any academic out there, I love you all. No, nah, I don't mean that in an way. There should be way. some
1: studying, but yeah. not in this context <laughs> exactly. with you curating this artist right, talk.
0: Right, and 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 I know for certain there are countless, um, countless academics that could out explain any of the things I just talked about in in a historical context. I I present myself merely as a as an artist. Who is deeply compassionate about the things I care about, and this is one of those things. So that's well, all the credentials. About, so no, but out. you're
1: talking about the artists, and it's really <laughs> endearing, like they're your family, yeah, like they're your no, chi- they're your them. siblings, your children, friends. and yeah, and yeah. that's where you you don't want to put them in it. You want to give right. them to Jake. You don't want right, to put right. them in a context where they would yes um, not be able to tell their story. Right, so right. did you have? are all of the artists coming? I know yeah, they're mostly Yeah, I know all of
0: them are coming. Oh, there wow. are one there's Rida who's from Iraq um is just excited beyond belief. You know, I mean some of them have, you know, difficult more difficulty with English, so it'll be interesting um, you know, he, when he gets so excited talking about his art and which just makes me so happy, but at one point I completely lose you know, I mean, because it's it's tricky for him to navigate and use the words we're used to using to describe art, and his work is probably the most conceptual out of any of the artists. So, so that's the other like element of um, he's grabbing for a concept in a language that's not his native language. It's great, well, um, but it it should be that really... only makes it more worth yeah.
1: <laughs> attending. I think. Right, right. I mean, this is, and I'm sure they've never been on an artist panel nope. before. Um, and that's something that a lot of artists share. I mean, you've really run the gambit in terms of exhibiting their work for the first time, giving them a chance to talk about their work for the first time, a lot of people seeing their work for the first time, you curated it for the first time. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of energy to that, I think. There's no you can't you can't resist that. Who knows what'll happen. What you what you're saying is I don't know what's gonna happen at this artist talk. But it's going to be really worth coming well, to, it like. Well, you know, like.
0: it's funny when and any artist out there can understand this, at least I hope. I'm not a academically trained artist either. So, like, writing an artist statement is such a pain in the tush because, frankly, you know, there's a reason why we're good with, you know, our hands and not with our mouths. And so, ex- you know, trying to write something that sums up everything, you, every experience you, you have in the studio is ridiculous to me. Yeah. But the one word I will hold on to from beginning to end is honesty. Because, you know, I work in an honest way. I, I I am not responding to people telling me what I should make and, and how much I should charge. I mean, I just, I refuse to do it. And this exhibition and all the artists involved, there's nothing but honesty. And it's what it is. Bam. Nothing flowery, nothing... Nothing other than what it is and it's beautiful.
1: I can't wait to go see it. Yeah. <laughs> so what what um what are you going to do next? Oh. What else are you working on? Where do you go from this exhibit? And and it maybe that's hard to think about because you're kind of in the throes of it. Mm-hmm. Um it's still here. Um but it'll be down on September tenth. And then where where will we see you next?
0: Um I am probably was never diagnosed with ADHD or something, but I, the, the sec, the day after I put the exi- exhibition up, I was in the studio making work in a big way because it, it's what keeps me from, it keeps me being the person I am. It It's truly, it's truly um, important in my life to do, to make art as much as I can. So I'm making um, a lot of new work right now. And um and you know, I—I have citywide open studios is coming up in October. That's always a really lovely, like
1: you know, every artist has that whole month blocked out, right? Yeah.
0: Well, it's you know, it's funny because New uh, Chicago does a similar thing. They do open studios, and and it, and I always participated in that. It's I find it great because. You have all kinds of people coming into this personal space of yours, which I usually really don't like even visitors stopping by because I need to be in my zone. And anyone from a plumber to an academic, and I love it because I love the honest reaction of all kinds of people, not just those who quote-unquote understand art, you know. And so that's really cool. I, I It but, gives
1: a lot of people a reason yeah. to to do this do this together as a communally right um because the viewing of art is is often a very solo That's right. experience even the creation of art can be right. a very solo experience so something else has to gather that no doubt open studios does that
0: yeah and so and you know i um just shows on the on the periphery coming up and i just i don't make work because i know a shows coming up i make work to make work every day. And, and I'm not exaggerating every single day. My kids will tell you, mom, can you put that down for a minute and make dinner? <laughs> so, and, and for the refuge and for the refugee artist, I know there's a gallery in Bridgeport that contacted me and they want to continue the show. There's a possibility the Yale colleges would want to continue just to oh, keep the story going. Cause people, I think recognize it for what it is. It's, it's a, it's unique and it's, it's strong.
1: Well, that would be an interesting yeah. curation experiment. So then last thing is, it, as a, as a, as a decade-old New Haven resident, <laughs> I mean, and and clearly um, you find inspiration here, not just in um, the refugee community, but in um, other things. I mean, what else inspires you here in New Haven? Places, um, people, um, things that you do here that, that re-energizes your work.
0: I, I love the, the diversity of the people here. And I, I was a little wary of, um, the, um, that uh, no offense again to the academic community, but I, I didn't want to only be in surrounded by people, academics all the time, analyzing this or being the world, world expert on that. I, I want to also meet people that, that do everyday things and, um, because it's our story. I don't want to just tell the story of the few. And, and so that's, that's New Haven has that. It has, if you decide you want to be a part of that. In other words, my husband is a professor at Yale and I could very well go from Yale party to Yale party to Yale party, which I love, I love, 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 love um, all of our friends that are connected to the university, but you know, <laughs> there's others too. <laughs> and you know, like art space is great. You know, the Eli Whitney museum is. I mean, there's just, it's a, it's a, it's a very metro. I mean, international community for being as small as it is. So,
1: and if you're willing to put yourself, and if
0: you're willing to put yourself out there, out like there. calling up Chris George, when I first got here, like, how can I be a part of you? and what you're doing, because it's good. So
1: Excellent. Well, it has been nothing but a joy to talk, and, and I'll just reiterate that this is Susan Klinard, who curated stories from far and near at the New Haven Museum, which is open um, during normal hours, but it's actually free this Sunday from 1 to 4. And if you want to see that um, artist panel with Jake Halpern, that's on Thursday, September 8th from to seven. And I hope that everybody can go out and see the exhibit before September 10th, which is, believe it or not, going to be, it's going to be tomorrow. Soon. Yeah. <laughs> so so plan some time in and around your August breaks and um, spend an afternoon at the museum. And I'm appreciative that you've listened. And my great thanks to Susan, as well as always to Lucy, for keeping us on the air. And we'll see you in two weeks. Take care.
0: Thank you.